Coming to you from the Underground Studio, this is the Sipping Social Podcast. My name is Mike Carl. I'm here with my boy and certified bourbon steward, Garrett Turnquist. Yo. We also have our stellar producer on the mic, Johnny. Say what up. What's up? We're here to dive into all aspects of the restaurant industry. We truly love what we do and more so we love talking about it. We're going to pour, sample, review anything you need to know about. Pour yourself a cocktail and join us on this journey. Let's Let's go. go. All right, guys, uh, here we are, part two of our uh, two-part series with Few and Evanston yep. at the uh, Evanston Ice House. Is that what it's called? Yeah, it's kind of what we call it just because we're, you know, used to be an ice house and we're not exactly rocket scientists. We we kind of cheat and go, well, it used to be an ice house, so we'll call it the ice house. Beautiful. We're sitting with the uh, <laughs> the owner, Paul, who we, uh, <laughs> Garrett and I have had a pleasure of meeting uh, several times, and uh, he's always taking great care of us when we come to the distillery. And uh, John, I don't know if you remember this, but we got to talk to him a little bit I at do the, remember. Uh, the Breakthrough Fest. Yep, I was telling Garrett, I, I recognize you. Yep. Nice. See, look at, you're popular. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, first and foremost, thank you so much for joining us today. We we, we know you're a busy guy and uh, taking time out of your day to join us for this. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me on and thanks for coming out. Thanks for the setup. This is uh, this is fun stuff. Cool. Yeah, you get to talk whiskey. It's pretty good life. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no it's, kidding. And somebody's got to do it. Yeah. It might as well be us, right? Yeah, we drink so you don't have to, but we also don't really mind. There you go. go. If you don't mind, for our listeners, give us a little short snippet of your background and how you got into the industry. I know you didn't grow up doing this. Um, If you don't mind, so so we can get to learn about you a little bit. Oh, sure. Uh, So my name is Paul Holetko, Midwest kid, born in Chicago, grew up in rural Michigan, moved to Chicago in 93 and kind of had a... uh, but not exactly lifelong interest in beverage alcohol because, of course, I never tried it prior to turning 21. Never. None of <laughs> Ever. None of us. I, I Especially in Michigan. Never, never certainly in Michigan and certainly not, you know, when I went to college with uh, uh, Windsor being about 45-minute drive away. Never, ever. Never did that. <laughs> so, you know, so it's not exactly lifelong, but at this point, uh, you know, I'm farther away from 21 than I'd care to admit. And partially that kind of grew out of a little bit of family history with beverage alcohol. Prior to World War II, my grandfather's family had owned what is now a major brewery in the Czech Republic. Uh, Many people are acquainted with what happened in 1939, but if not, the Germans and slash Nazis invaded Czechoslovakia. They confiscated the brewery, murdered the entire family with the exception of my grandfather. And after the war, which he obviously survived or I wouldn't be here, he spent the rest of his life trying to get the brewery back and never did. And then when he died, it kind of struck me that this whole family legacy and family history or whatever you want to call it, uh, it's all gone forever unless I do something about it. And I didn't really want that to disappear. Didn't want to be in the shadow of a major brewery. And while there is some truly fantastic Illinois wine being made, it's not exactly the easiest thing to sell, uh, but being in the breadbasket of you know, the United States and therefore at least to a large extent the world, uh, we have plenty of good local grains nearby and coupled with a lifelong fascination with the distilled spirit. Since 21. So since 21, exactly. Yeah. Not lifelong, but we'll just pretend <laughs> pretend yeah. life begins at 21. Yeah, sure. oh, it definitely does. It, it restarted for me at least. Right. <laughs> Like, what is this? I uh, actually just found a uh, old T-shirt from uh, college that they were celebrating uh, Alcohol Awareness Day. Oh. And so uh, I'm like, oh, 
thank you college for making me aware of alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Two dollar you calls it on Fridays between three and five. Yeah. Is that called? I, is that the happy hour? It's called an FAC Friday oh, after class. That's right. FAC. Yeah. Right, Two dollar you call it? That's expensive, man. We were doing quarter beers. Once I was twenty one, of course. Well, yeah. Mm. Well, I don't mm. know. Prices in Canada are different than in yeah, Chicago. Fair, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, twenty five cent twenty five cent beers and fifty cent uh, rail drinks. Not a bad life. No, I could think of way worse things to spend your afternoon. Yeah, just worse things. But you know, so, I mean, that's a little bit of the kind of family history and you know why a distillery. But you know, kind of couple all that with a severe personal uh, challenge with authority. I really don't like authority. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm probably the only one, right? That's, right. Yeah. Exactly. What's the song we're talking about on the way up here? Which one? Was that Fuck the Police? Oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> written in written his junior year of high school? That's right. Ice yeah. Cube. Ice yeah. Cube. Wrote it in the yeah. 11th grade in class. Um, he likes authority. Yeah. You two wouldn't get along at all. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I've got kind of a, for lack of a better word, a string of failed businesses behind me from me just kind of chasing after passions and stuff I really, really cared deeply about. And at least so far, uh, this passion for distilled spirits is working out okay. Yeah, you're doing you're doing all right. Yeah. No, we're trying. It's a team effort. It's a family, and by you know by no means is it me. And you know, realistically, that's probably why it continues to work is because we have good people on the team. It ain't because of me. Uh, I've proven what I do and left my own devices. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Steve was talking about that earlier about the core components of your company and like just having passionate people with good work ethic. Mm-hmm. And I, that kind of goes along with what you're saying. We, you know, that's what we've always found is our best people. It's passion and it's drive. And so everybody has that work ethic, but it's almost a little bit of a misnomer to call it a work ethic because we're really playing. Mm. And yeah, there's a lot of work that goes along with that because, you know, no, it's not all fun. And, you know, ordering grain, it's not exactly uh, emotionally rewarding, but that is part of the work that goes into doing what we do and arranging for BOLs and shipping and this stuff isn't fun. Sure. But what we do is really, really fun, and we're all doing it together as a team, and that is beyond fun it really is it's really meaningful i kind of feel like that correlates a little bit to what garen and i do working in the restaurant industry where it's work there's some things you don't want to do but at the end of the day yeah, ordering to-go boxes and uh, <laughs> it's not fun Glassware. plastic cutlery yeah. and yeah. yeah not a good time that's not cool but at the end of the day what we do is pretty dynamite and i guarantee you that neither one of our restaurants are successful because of us it's right because of the group that we surround ourselves by right. absolutely so I totally get it everybody's got this passion and fuse no different than a lot of other places i mean just like you guys know i mean it's really hard to have a business that is built on things like artistry or customer service or dealing with people that's not at least largely driven by passion because it just doesn't work no yeah if you don't have that you can only fake it for so long exactly And yes, you can get paid more. I mean, I, everybody at few would make a lot more money doing something else. I mean, I know I'd make a lot more money doing something else. And yet, you got you got people here for four or five, six years. Right. They're not leaving. And they're not because it doesn't. You know, money isn't everything. You know, yeah. to me, and I think to a lot of the people at few, it's way more important to roll out of bed in the morning with a smile on your face and go fuck. How quickly can I get in there? I got. I, there's so much stuff I want to get done, and it's not. Oh. 
fuck, I got to get in there and I got to do this and I got to do that. And I've, <laughs> fuck. Well, we don't, we don't get paid at all for this. So we're, we're right on board on that. Absolutely. You know, but you get out and when you come home at night, you're like, oh, all right. I did some really cool stuff today. We yeah. did this. And you could look at your wife, husband, girlfriend, boyfriend, and be like, yeah, I, I did something. And same as you guys, it's that drive and that that passion to create is what makes for a hell of a team. And that's what we have at Few. And it's, it's awesome. Yeah, couldn't have said it any better. Speaking of Few, that name is awesome. <laughs> I, know, I know that we nor confirm nor deny anything on that, but yeah. tell us a little bit about FUW. So... I mean, the name few really just means that we don't make a whole lot. And I've got a really... I don't, I don't know. The backdrop says a little different. <laughs> <laughs> There's well, quite a bit in here. And I know this isn't the only location. Yeah, we make a little more than we did when we started. How's yeah, that? for sure. But that is what it means. And realistically, yeah, you can look behind me and go, there's a couple of barrels over there. You know, it takes us about three and a half to four days to make what large distilleries spill every day. Yeah. Uh, our yearly production is smaller than the daily production at small distillers. So, yeah, you can look behind me and go, yeah, there's some barrels back there. And, yes, we're bigger than many of our, I don't know what you want to call you know, our friends in the craft distilling industry. Yeah, we're, we're big for a midget. Yeah. Sure, so it's all relevant compared to right. who you're it's comparing just, to. It's, yes, there's a lot of barrels back there, but, yeah, we're not what I would call big by any stretch of the imagination. We still no. just make a few. Yeah. Yes, we make more than some, but uh, less than most. Is that right? <laughs> I, I don't know. say that a couple <laughs> times. Yeah. Uh, you I guys, don't know if I have enough whiskey to understand that one, but yeah. I was distinctly promised there'd be no mathematics on today's <laughs> examination. I don't know who promised that. <laughs> talking about other people, in, sorry to interrupt, yeah. but talking about other people in the small batch craft industry that you're in, being in the, the distillery today, everything is done right then and there besides your packaging that's off-site. Yeah. Are other places of the similar size have the same production size facilities? Because I've never been to anything. Is it, in your experience, is that similar or does it seem different? I think it tends to be a little bit different based on place to place. And I think that's one of the really cool things about you know, all my friends and other craft distillers around the country is the many ways that we've all kind of, you know, by hook or by crook, put together what we need to put together to get done what we want to get done. You know, so I, mean, I think in some ways our production facility is way smaller than most. Um, it's only 2,700 square feet. So, mm. you know, if you look at other distilleries around Illinois and around the country, it's pretty small for a production space, especially, you know, the what we put out. There are others that are way smaller. I mean, so I've been in other craft distilleries that are about, I've been to one that was a actual storage unit. Um, and I want to say it was maybe 20 by 20 for about 400 square feet for everything. Wow. Um, that's real small. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I've been in others that are materially larger than what we have. And it's great because you have all this great floor space and there's place to put stuff but <laughs> is it a place to set your coffee down when you're yeah we don't really have that yeah. and that's okay <laughs> you know, again it's kind of by hook or by crook it's i mean yeah we're sitting in our ice house which will you know is where we currently just store our barrels but when we started everything was in the same room from you know mashing fermentation distillation all of the barrels stayed in that same room all of the packaging was in there all the shipping was in there but yeah, you know, we've been able to grow a little bit over the last couple of years, and you know, uh, let's just say that the barrels behind us wouldn't fit <laughs> in yeah. the production facility. Uh, no, 
Never mind, you know, people. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of people, you you got the distillery tours. Obviously, it doesn't take that long to take a tour of a twenty seven hundred square foot space. But uh, give the people who may not know you guys as well as we do, like what what they should be looking for if they want to do a tour. Sure. I mean, tours are easy. You can certainly book them online at fewspirits.com. Uh, we do a cocktail hour on Thursday nights. We do tours Friday afternoons and evenings. We do tastings and tours on Saturday afternoon, Sunday afternoon. As long as the weather's nice, we about once a month we do what we call the Few Friday. It's an alley party, food truck, live music, cocktails. Cool. Is that out in the Hop Garden? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, the hop garden, yeah. exactly. The hop farm. <laughs> the hop farm, sorry. <laughs> we do other events, and, you know, so we've got, you know, we try to do stuff to help spread this message and let people see, hear, smell, uh, you know, the sights of a working distillery. We were talking about that last uh, last time I was with Steve, like, that makes a huge difference, I think, when people go to, like, pick a spirit or, like, get, like, uh, interested about something when they, like, see and talk to people and around the actual product they're like they get way more into it they make sure. it way more interesting yeah especially in this business of distilled spirits where there's so much smoke and mirrors and the consumer is lied to on the regular why is that because they can yeah because there's nothing stopping them and there's nothing stopping them and the consumer it is what it is but so i think when people come and make contact with few, you know, they see there's no smoke and mirrors. Like right. We are what we are. You can come in and you can smell it and you can see the bags of grain and you can see the distil- you know, the stills and you can smell it. It's loud. And, you know, at least for few, you know, you walk down an alley and you're going right by the dumpsters and you're like, ah, oh, should I be here? Yeah. This feels really shady. <laughs> yeah, this, this is exactly what I saw the first right. time. Yeah. I, this, like, I drove past like four times. Trying this to isn't right. Road. It's not yeah. down there. That's just an alley. That's, you know. Who'd put a distillery down an alley? And then you meet me, you're like, oh, yeah, he would. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that guy? Yeah, that makes sense. I think the first time I came here, there was a delivery truck dropping off grain and it was leaving. And I was walking, trying to like squeeze past it and not get run over by the truck. And my wife's like, I don't think this is where we're supposed to be. I'm, like, I'm pretty sure it's down here. <laughs> this doesn't feel right, yeah. honey. There's a dumpster. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But no, it it is what it is, and I think it's really one of the things that makes us special is that you can, you know, if you find us, you're one of the few that knows where it is. There you go. Um, it doesn't take too much to have a to have a good cocktail, just a few good ingredients. I like how you keep using that word. That's the, great. The word few keeps yeah. popping yeah. up there. No, no <laughs> pun intended. Yeah, I challenge you to go through your daily life and not use the word few several times. Okay. Challenge accepted. Challenge accepted. <laughs> Talking about all the different spirits that you guys make, we did the gin earlier, and when we come out, we're going to try all the whiskey later. What's your go-to? Are you a whiskey guy? or I think it kind of go back and forth. Uh, okay. Certainly, for the most part, I probably lean towards the whiskey side, okay. especially you know, as we kind of coming into fall. Uh, I will admit to having been uh, you know, hitting that gin bottle a little bit here and there. I won't tell anyone. Don't judge me. No one's listening. <laughs> um, eight, of, eight people are listening right now, yeah. just so you know. But uh, <laughs> See, that's a few people. We there like that. <laughs> That's more than a few. That's even better. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we're coming into brown whiskey season. You know, there's totally. nothing better. There's nothing better than you know all winter long sitting, having a nice glass of brown whiskey and uh, contemplating life. This past weekend, it, the weather wasn't even like cooperating with what, in my mind, you know, brown whiskey coming or brown spirits coming out. I made more Manhattan's and Old Fashions this past weekend than I had in the previous two months. Yeah, it's coming. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's time. People are like. Yeah. yeah. Not there's anything wrong with sit, sipping on a bourbon in the summer. You no. sit on the back porch, uh, but maybe you'll put it on the rocks instead of serving it neat. There or, you go. Uh, Different style. Yeah. 
I enjoy forcing myself to sweat it out super hard when it's 90 <laughs> degrees, drinking foolproof. Really? Sweating into it? I can't stop, yeah. Uh, so that's proofing it down. That's yeah. how you work out. That's yeah. how you get your exercise. Sit, by, sit by the fire, have a cigar. Yeah. It's nothing better. Yeah, some people go to the sauna. I just sit outside. <laughs> drink castor <laughs> and Drink castor and whiskey. Yeah. All right, so you've done, you said you had a bunch of failed, failed businesses before this. <laughs> a couple, maybe yeah. even a few. <laughs> and now you got this um, I've got this What's next? You know, I just want to create I want to keep on making stuff And I think that's one of the really cool things About a you know, craft distillery Is we can always make more hmm. Well, almost though, right? Because you can't hit, you hit a certain threshold And you lose yeah, but we can. Components. But we can make different stuff And so, yeah. and you can just see that happen from time to time Like even like, you know, we got the American whiskey We're going to try in a little bit that's a result of trying weird stuff. Yeah. We're releasing a brand new product that we, uh, we're internally calling Cold Cut because that's the brand name. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and we're really excited about that. But that's another one where it's like, all right, what can we do that is really cool and different and we haven't seen before? You know, one of my big pet peeves is when I see one of my friends at a craft distillery do something that I should have thought of first but didn't. I'm like, oh, that's a good idea. Why couldn't have I have thought of that first? Damn it. I just rip it and make it better. Yeah, but if it started being done, where's the fun? That's true. <laughs> that's a very valid point. This is supposed to be fun, but we get to make new stuff. And so I think that's the kind of thing that always ties everything I do together is that creativity and making new stuff and working with few and at a craft distillery. There's really no limit to what I can make. Maybe there's a limit to the volume we can make, but we can do whatever we want up to that up to that so american whiskey cold cut got a collaboration coming out with uh, one of my favorite rock bands of all time the allison chains yeah um yeah that should hit the market in two weeks maybe so it sh- it'll be out by the time this podcast comes yeah. out then Perfect. You get, what's the name of it it's called no or, sorry all secrets known which is an allison chain yep. song yeah. if you're a fan yeah and it's our bourbon whiskey finished in a tequila barrel it's delicious nice uh, we worked with the Flaming Lips a couple years ago. I remember um, that. We get to make stuff, and that's that's the cool, you know, that's the cool stuff, and that's really kind of what I've always done before in the past. You know, I was, I was a pro guitar player for a while, making stuff. I was a record, you know, I owned a record label for a hot minute. Maybe not making stuff, but pretending to make stuff. I guess. Sure. Still creative. It's still creative. Other stuff like that, where it's making new things that didn't exist when you wake up in the morning and when you go to bed at night something exists in the world that wasn't there before that's that's what i enjoy that's awesome man speaking of like uh making new things when you guys have a new product come to market what are some of the tactics that you guys use to kind of blitz it out there let everybody know about it and do you choose different markets to for it to go in since you guys are in a lot of markets (laughs) tactics is something that we're definitely kind of learning shall we say okay as we've grown, you know, growth presents other challenges. And so certainly there's things that we launch in different markets or don't launch in different markets based on our own biases or what have you. So, you know, we, uh, we did a collaboration with Dark Matter Coffee hmm. probably about two years ago now, and that was only released in Illinois. But now we are re-releasing that same collaboration in Washington State and Colorado. And not Illinois? Not in Illinois. Wow. Because we think that Washington State and Colorado are good coffee markets. There's a small company, coffee company came out of Seattle a couple of years back. I don't know if you remember. It's an S, I think, right? Yeah, it's got like a Seattle, hard, Seattle's hard best. Hard C, yeah. yeah. Seattle's best. Yeah, Seattle's so best. That's, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's got like a mermaid's. I think it's called Smermaids or something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or 
like a character from Battlestar Galactica. I don't know. Dude, if you don't drink <laughs> coffee, embrace it. If you don't drink coffee in the Northwest, you gotta take naps all the time. It's all draining and risly all all day. Yeah. Like, how do you not just fall asleep constantly? You gotta yeah. pump yourself full of caffeine to stay awake. Yeah, it's either caffeine or weed, and so you know you gotta be. Drinking I think got both. <laughs> I'm aware. We're speaking gonna have both. Of, speaking of weed, uh, what do you think? What do you think the spirits market's gonna look like January first when when uh, marijuana becomes legal? Oh, in Illinois. I think marijuana in marijuana and spirits in Illinois are going to look exactly like they look everywhere else in Nothing, the freaking country. Nothing's changing. In the month of January, I think there'll be a small little dip. Yeah. But come February 1st, no difference. The chan- If you look at all the other states where we've done it, you've, we've seen this. We've seen this happen before. And yes, Illinois is different, and there's always this. Yeah, man. But what happens is the channel changes, and this is bad news for you guys, but for us, we end up being neutral. Uh, on-premise business goes down, off-premise business goes up. And yeah, this makes sense. I think we're going to sell more burgers come January yeah. 1st. Yeah, the I'm amount of people walking around kissing the sky is going to be, <laughs> going to be real good for our so business. That's, you know, that's what I see happening is volumes will stay the same. The channel might change a little bit. But realistically, at the end of the day, anybody that wants marijuana has already it, gotten it. Already yeah. has it. Yeah, absolutely. So the only real difference, again, looking at what happens in every other state where marijuana has become legal or record rec legal there's fundamentally no difference in consumption from everybody from 21 to about maybe 50 or 55 somewhere in there okay you get a little increased marijuana usage on the older people because you know they don't have a dealer <laughs> and that's good for it's a really good point <laughs> that's a very that's a yeah, very the grandson stop selling yeah right yeah. and there's less stigma but yeah, no one gets angry at the seventy-year-old who's chiefing, but the like the twenty-two-year-old who doesn't have a job. Oh, yeah, he's deadbeat. Yeah, deadbeat. Right. Yeah. Um, and I'm not judging anybody, but this, again, this is what the market has sold us in the past: is that yeah. cannabis has no effect on liquor, some effect on beer, but minimal, and uh, it's primarily in the older demographics who aren't really big drinkers or smokers either. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, it's not like they're smoking an ounce of weed a day. Right. Wouldn't that be the life? An ounce? That's insane. It's a lot of weed. <laughs> yeah. no, no comment. <laughs> Hi, Mom. <laughs> and certainly none of us on the podcast know anything about cannabis. We I'm, don't. Just saying, I'm just we looking don't. at business studies I've that only, are pure numbers. Right. I've right. only ever done it in states that are legal. What's the next whiskey fest that you guys are going to be at? Uh, the next whiskey fest is actually tomorrow at the Indie Spirits Expo here in Chicago, Illinois. Under the brand name Whiskey Fest, our next Whiskey Fest, I think, is San Francisco, which is in two weeks. Are you going to that? I will not. Okay. A few will be there, but I won't. Okay. Uh, Whiskey Fest New York is in December again this year. Uh, I will also not be at that, but few will also be there. One of the advantages of growth is I don't have to be at all the shows anymore. Nice. There's a whiskey show once or twice a week at every single city in the country so you can't physically yeah. go to them all right it doesn't physically work but uh a lot of great shows and you know certainly anybody listening if you haven't been to any of these spirit fest or the whiskey fest or you know any of the number of iterations of you know, walk around and drink whiskey you should it's fantastic and you get 100%. to go and meet people and 
you can try a whole bunch of stuff that perhaps you wouldn't be able to either because you can't find it, because your local favorite watering hole can't actually stock every single bottle no matter how much they want to. Mm. So you get to try stuff and you get to meet people and you get to see stuff and they tend to have master classes. So you can go and learn about you know this obsession we all have in a safe, non-judgmental, friendly environment that is theoretically not intimidating. Well, when John and I went to the Breakthrough Fest, I thought it was really professionally done. Um, everybody was there to learn, and there's been some beer fests and other fests I've been to where everybody's just there to get wasted. <laughs> and that was not the case for this. I'm not saying that there wasn't drunk people there, but you know, it was more about the knowledge than it was anything else and networking, which I really appreciate being able to walk away from something like that, having a couple of things in my back pocket that I didn't know before. So Check out these festivals. Don't be shy. Buy a ticket. Yeah, it's expensive. It's worth it. Yeah, but you think like if it's $150 for the ticket, three and a half, four hour event, if you were to buy an ounce of everything that you were going to, could be able to try there, it's like a $700 value. Easy. And then, Without I mean, flinching. You'd be blackout hammered, but the, I mean, you could just like literally pick specific things that you want to drink on each mm-hmm. portfolio. It's absolutely incredible. Yeah, I mean like a round of golf is like 90 or 100 bucks and you get nothing out of it, but, <laughs> but pain and heartache. You get to, to walk in a bunch of grass and be upset for the next four yeah. days. Well, on the other hand, my golf style is uh, you know, a beer a hole which usually means that I'm pretty much done after four nice <laughs> and then you retire to the last hole low score stuff. and you got a good buzz I'm thirsty I'm kind of getting thirsty over here too Johnny how are yeah, you thirsty, you, you thirsty? I'm should ready. we start trying some whiskey over absolutely here? beautiful what uh what are we going to start with over here you said that you wanted to start with the the uh, the rye right no, oh, the bourbon way. bourbon the rye American we'll start with the bourbon it's all good Who's got the knife they're, they're going to whip out to open up this bottle? Oh, it's got, it does have a... Just a paper lid. It just has papers oh, there. You got the uh, plastic it, taken off. But it looks so cool when somebody pulls out the knife. <laughs> the bottle's going to get shanked. There we go. There, 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 it, there, it, there, it, there it is. See that sound. <laughs> yeah. first, uh, first day of sixth grade, my daughter goes to school, and they had an assignment where they had to uh, create an alternate use for a household object. And so uh, my charming, lovely 11-year-old daughter uh, sharpened the end of a toothbrush to make a uh, scalpel. No. Oh, wow. No. Oh, yeah. Boy, like, so you made a shiv, honey? Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, yeah. And my wife's like, that's right. Snitches get stitches, honey. <laughs> no more HBO. That's my family. There we go. Do you want to drink out of a uh, the Glen Karen or a plastic glass? What are you looking? Oh, for? I always drink out of a Glen Karen when you can. Right, Marty Duffy? That's right. <laughs> so you know, few bourbon doesn't taste like Kentucky bourbon because it's not Kentucky bourbon. It's made right here. Oh, you want to switch back? <laughs> That was fine. <laughs> we could do a little... Yeah, we don't whiskey, it's, the, it's the circle of life. I know where John's been, and I don't want that class. Oh, boy. Oh, man. Oh, Come boy. on. Oh, boy. You don't like vegan? <laughs> Straight meat. I just got asked to comment on STDs and, as an abbreviation for something, and I'm like, I'm not going to comment on that, yeah. bro. No. Yeah. <laughs> okay, all like, oh, context. Oh, yeah. Different context. Okay, we're good. Yeah. All right. Okay, yeah, we're good. Cheers. The, the, the few bourbon... Can we get a, do you guys disclose your mash bill? Or? Sure. I mean, so our bourbon, uh, 7% corn, 20% rye, 10% malted barley. Uh, we use a Belgian Saison farmhouse yeast for the fermentation. Just like we were saying earlier, one of the challenges with spirits is the fact that our competitors make exquisite quality stuff. Mm-hmm. So we have to make stuff that matches their quality and tastes different. Sure. And so... Yeah, we talk about our mash bill, we talk about our yeast, we talk about our fermentation. Cool. And all of these things are what make few spirits stand out, taste different, match the quality that they produce down in Kentucky, but it's ours. You know, we make it aged right here, but it's made up the street. Beautiful. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers, Cheers Johnny. 
you know, sweet, I, spicy, mm-hmm. caramel. We do a little bit of a rating system when we uh, do our spirit reviews. We, uh, we, we always say what it is out of 10, and then we, we say what we would do with it. Uh, initially, there was like four options of what we would do with it. Mm-hmm. Now there's like 20 to 30. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's ever-evolving. I'm the number one up since the last time we talked about it. What's it? <laughs> it was 15 earlier 15 because we, 20, also, yeah. we said it, something different earlier. I'm going to go first. I really like this. It's It's got a nice sweetness to it. It's not harsh. And the lingering is exactly what I want in a bourbon. The right sweet spot for me. I'm going to give this uh, a 7.75. I'm going to buy a bottle of this for home. Yeah, I'm with you, Mike. I'm going to buy a bottle of this as well. I thought the uh, sweetness on the front was really nice and really super smooth. I've only had one rump- rumplements today, so I'm just going to preface that. Oh, yeah. So this is a true Slacking. rating True rating for me. <laughs> um, should, we, should we bring it out? After the whiskey. After All the right. whiskey, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm going to give this a uh, 7.5. Have you ever rated anything else that rating before? Absolutely. Is that your first 7.5? Yeah. They don't call you Johnny 7.5? <laughs> No. <laughs> I, yeah, I really like this one, too. I think everything you said about this is exactly right. I'm going to give it a little bit higher. I'm going to give it like 7.9, uh, and I'm going to gift this. I'm going to give it a 10.0. That a boy. That a boy. Well, that's it. Steve didn't get any ratings earlier, and I was hoping uh, to jump in and be like, this yeah. is a 12. Yeah. <laughs> On a scale of 10, 100. There you go. But it only goes to 10. <laughs> but this one goes to 11. Yeah. What do we got next? Um, yeah, a few rye. Yeah. It's not a number one seller. The bourbon's number one seller, but uh, I think our rye has the number one hype. Why do you think that the the bourbon sells better than the rye? Bourbon's a much bigger category than rye. Yeah. So really, if you I mean, if you look at math, because although again, you promised me there'd be no math on today's. <laughs> you keep bringing it up. I, nobody made any promises. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> we just promised to drink your product. <laughs> Rye's just a small category, and you know. Historically, rye was effectively non-existent. You know, certainly rye was the number one product for many years in the United States, where prohibition kind of killed that because rye has a big, bold flavor that was less preferred, especially as the 1970s came around and the rise of vodka. You know, flavorlessness was an asset. Where does that put rye? Too much flavor. Yeah, way too much flavor. Um, And it really wasn't until in the whiskey world really soon in the last say 10 to 15 years that rye started making a resurgence and you know at least in part driven by few and by our friends over at templeton and koval and you know, probably a couple others but realistically journeyman makes a bunch of rye that journeyman makes a bunch of rye makes some really good rye at that mm-hmm. um but if you go back before say like 2005 rye just didn't really exist in the marketplace. And it wasn't, you know, it was kind of with the onset of mad men culture and cocktail culture and bartending culture yeah. that people started discovering all these old recipes that called for rye whiskey. You know, they'd go to their distributor up and go, I need rye whiskey. And they'll be like, you need what now? I, <laughs> I run into that problem every week, let alone about rye whiskey. Are you trying to call somebody out right now? No, 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 no. <laughs> I only see Mike like once every three months. We're good. Okay. But you know, you know what I mean. Like, oh, I, yeah. I need rye whiskey. Well, we don't have that. How about uh, uh, cotton candy flavored vodka? Well, no, that's not the same thing. Yeah, that'd be fine. You just, sure. just bring that in. I've got a, you know, I've got gold to meet on that one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's the truth, though. You're absolutely right. Do, I, do, how many bombs of flavored vodka did we do in the mid 2000s, Johnny? Mostly rum, I thought. Dude, like the dude. Oh, the dude. You remember like the Fruit Loops? Like all those flavored vodkas that were just terrible. That well, was literally. 20, I do know when like most of the Muldoon staff in like 
the regulars that went up to Muldoon's, went to my wedding in Mexico for a week. This is the restaurant that uh, Mike and I worked at, that we all, like a group of us became friends together. The sales of those spirits plummeted. (laughs) For that 10 days. (laughs) For that 10 days. And in Mexico, they had to go get us Red Bull from Walgreens. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) They didn't have any on the resort. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, flavored uh, vodka, we definitely drank a lot of those. But Thank God for rye whiskey. Thank God. <laughs> flavors come back. <laughs> yeah, flavors back. And so, you know, I'd like to, I'd like to think that few play, played a part in that because we make some really freaking good rye whiskey. Right. 70% rye, 20% corn, 10% malt. Uh, if you're paying attention, it's just a flip, flip. of the bourbon. Nice. Uh, but we use a uh, wine yeast out of the Loire Valley for a little bit of extra fruitiness. So the bourbon, we try to emphasize the spice. On the rye, we try to emphasize the fruit. And I think it's a pretty complete whiskey all the way down from spice to sweet to fruit. Cool. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, man. If you that's, two... That's my favorite. I swear to God, if that's you two favorite. say that you don't like this one... No. That's my favorite. I'm going to chop you both in the throat. <laughs> <laughs> but great tart cherry, yeah, a little bit of maraschino, fan. fruit, plum, pear. I'm, that's dynamite. I'm definitely buying this from my basement back bar. Mm-hmm. It's really, really good. Uh, I'm going higher with this one. I'm going uh, 8.5. I've been drinking a lot of rye lately. So you're buying in seven, and you said buying in eight for the house? Buying in 8.5. Ooh, 8.5. Yeah. Nice. John, Mike, what you got? I'm going to buy this to go along with a bottle of Amaro for my house to make some black Manhattans at home. Ooh, you love black Manhattans. Just when so it's good. good rye whiskey like this that goes with like a not too bitter, not overly bitter Amaro, yep. it's perfect. And a couple of bitters. I'm giving a 8.75. I'm all in on rice unless they're, uh, the only other thing I like better is um, high proof uncut bourbon. So after that, then it's the rye. I'm buying a backup one of these. And then after we have that gin cocktail, I'm going to make you guys an old fashioned with this rye. So I think this makes a killer old fashioned. Awesome. Um, I'm going to give this 8.76 just with a one up mic. So is this a 10 for you too? Uh, absolutely a 10. Perfect 10. Uh, same as the bourbon. Yeah. Weird. <laughs> Let's talk about the the last one. What do we got? So this is our uh, few American whiskey. This is our uh, kind of newest wide scale release. Uh, came out last fall, but in super limited amounts, just in Chicago and New York, and it has recently uh, spread out. I'm not exactly sure where it is now, other than almost everywhere. Um, Thanks for the two ounce pour. I appreciate that. It's a reverse <laughs> angel here. <laughs> I got to give Johnny props for his uh, little infin- infinity barrel. He's go. got it going on over there. <laughs> We're, we're all going to take a sip out of that when you're yes, done. Just exactly. So you know. It's like the slop. Um, <laughs> but so like this, you know, the American whiskey kind of came out of this. Is this is the one with the, the globe and the, the, the eagle landing on top of it. Yeah. So that was an image that was on the cover of the yearbook from the World's Fair. So back in the day, if you went to the World's Fair. You know, Everyone signed it? No, people, you, but you'd come home. You'd be like, I went to Chicago and I saw this. And people would be like, yeah, you did. Nobody went to Chicago. Um that's a train going past, by the way, yeah. in this Rick house. It's, it's awesome. very warm, so we kept the door open. Well, yeah. But that, that, that's, that adds the ambiance. I'm yeah. not upset about it. Yeah. No, so I'm not going to know you can't why. be mad about it. No. Uh, but it was, this is what you saw. And it, to us, it's just kind of the, you know, it continues on that promise of the 1893 World's Fair. And once we decided that we were going to name it American Whiskey, yeah, if you're going to name it American Whiskey, you better own that. Mm-hmm. So red, white, and blue. We've got a screaming eagle. I wanted to change a little bit to add some sidewinder missiles. Yeah, and the eagle's some guns. Claws. Yeah, <laughs> some guns. Like maybe like you know some sort of a gun. Maybe like a screaming fighter jet in the background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we didn't. We didn't do that. 
Uh, but we did go red, white, and blue with the eagle. And I think it's probably best you didn't put guns on your label. Yeah. So you want to talk about the mash bill real quick? The few American whiskey doesn't really, strictly speaking, have a mash bill because it's a vatting of three different whiskeys. And that's why it's called American whiskey because there's really no class and type that covers it other than American whiskey. So this is a vatting of our bourbon, our rye, as well as an experimental whiskey that we made that we loved and didn't quite know what to do with. But when we vatted it out, we liked it even more. And so this is kind of that result of this is really delicious stuff. And let's figure out a way to get this into the people's mouths. Nice. I'm ready to put it in my mouth. The, the whiskey. Thank you for nobody else making a comment. <laughs> so when we came out and did uh, our barrel tasting, you said grab something off the wall, grab some swag, take it on your way out. And I grabbed the flask. And as I was walking out, you said, you're just going to leave with an empty flask. And so uh, you filled it up You filled it up with the, the American whiskey, and uh, it sat in my liquor shelf for about three weeks, and then I poured it all out into uh, a glass, and it, I think it tasted better uh, like three weeks later than it did when you popped the bottle for the very first time. So I do think that this is a product that is really good, but I think it enhances a little bit better after the bottle's open for a little bit. Yeah, a little bit of air is never really going to hurt, per se. No. What you got on it, G? So I think this is, so if few rye is the favorite thing that I think you guys make, I think that this is a close second. So I'm going to give it a 7.7. Again, I'm gifting this because I want more people to know about it. I really like the flavor. I'm going to give it a 7.75, just a 5-up G. And uh, (laughs) I should have gone last. That's why I asked you first. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm going to buy a bottle of this for my house, to be honest with you, because I want a collection of all six of these in my house by the time we're said and done with it so you got a birthday and a wedding coming up we can I make do. that work I out do. please please give me some give me a few products so johnny's at an 8.0 on this really yeah i think it's really really good wow um, so i'm gonna get a few of these bottles uh i'm gonna get the bourbon i'm gonna get the rye and i'm gonna get the american i thought they're all really good are we going home with all those today i hope so for all you listeners out there please please you want to drink local this is the best local this is, this is what it is. This is the creme de la creme. Come to Burger Social. Come to Maze and Mash. We're going to be running some really, really good programs with these guys over the next couple months. We're going to do some whiskey flights. We're going to do some promos involving the hats that Michael uh, designed for us today. Yeah, if you want one of those hats, come out, drink some few, enter to win one of these hats. Some of them are signed yeah. by the, uh, the owners and the distillers and the operational manager. We I'll also, sign one if you want. No, that's going to devalue it. <laughs> also, <laughs> I, won't, I'll, I won't sign it for you. Right. Make it even more valuable. There you go. We also have a barrel head signed by the production crew. The bottom line is go out, drink Fuse products, write in, text us, email us, pictures, reviews, anything you guys want to talk about Fuse related. If you do that, we're going to hook you up. That's the bottom line. So uh, we want to take good care of you guys, just like Few is taking good care of us today. They ro- they rolled out the red carpet for us. Feel more than honored and privileged to be a part of this, and uh, I can't wait to to potentially do this again in the future. So, uh, anybody got any last words to say? Nope. Thanks a lot. Thanks, boys. Cheers. Thank you, it, man. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah, let's drink it up. Boom. First of all, we'd like to thank all of our listeners, families, and friends that support us throughout this. We couldn't do this without you. Subscribe to us on iTunes and check out exclusive content at our website, SippingSocialPodcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook. If you like this podcast, tell your friends about us. A huge thank you to our producer, John, in the Underground Studio. A shout-out to our boy, Johnny Perona and Davenport Ed. That's the rockin' music you're hearing in the background. Thanks again, and we look forward to the next cocktail with you. She's like the cat, as I'm a tongue for day.
Well, I used to be in rock bands. You have to be up on like this when you're on stage. You got to be basically having this thing in your back of your throat, and so it's okay. I understand that too as well, but this is far more comfortable. No, that's perfect. That's perfect. It's whatever you want. Yeah, just give me a Stratocaster, and I'll get up and I'll be in it. <laughs> Bust out some riffs. Let's talk about it. Let's go. All right, cool. I was born ready. I, I know you are. You're good. <laughs> so you, got any, you got anything? I'm excited for this. I'm not going to lie to you. Cool. 